Welcome to Sportin' Live. Introducing your host, Ed Draper. Hello, how are you? Welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. I hope you're well. Thank you for hitting on the button. Ed Draper here once again, sports broadcaster in the UK, loving a summer heat wave in the country at the moment in my home in Cheltenham. Fairly cool downstairs, some warm nights, but as a kid who, well, when I was a kid, I grew up partly in the West Indies, the Turks and Caicos Islands. Absolutely love sunshine and warm weather, so I'm not complaining, although Quite a few British people probably will, will start to complain about the heat of it lasts much longer. Carlton Palmer, certainly not, who joins us very shortly. Football legend in this country. So I look forward to speaking to him momentarily. Just rattle through a few messages. Thank you again for being here. And thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Remember, through Serene AV, they can source you whatever equipment suits your needs, your budget, your vision. Just get in touch with Bangalore of Cheltenham and Jason Briggs, and his team will, will sort you out. BNO underscore Cheltenham on social media. Just look it up online, get a phone number for Jason, and he will uh, steer you in the best direction for you. A good, good man and appreciate his support on the podcast as ever. Thank you to Cytoplan as well for their ongoing association with the podcast and with my family. My dad's been a consultant for them, Dr. Mark Draper, who is a general practitioner, doctor, but micronutritionist. And he's helped devise some of the ingredients for Cytoplan's multivitamins, vitamins, you might call them in particular. And we continue to take them as a family and pay for them, albeit at a discounted rate, which we can share with you. If you are looking to optimize your immunity or need a supplement for any specific reason, like iron, whatever it may be, feel free to check out Cytoplan's range. And the discount code at checkout associated with the podcast is Draper10R. My last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals one zero, and the capital letter R. And also, before we get to Carlton, just wanted to steer you in the direction again of Attic Box Audio, which is a life story service. We're primarily operating in the west of England in a 25-mile radius of Cheltenham. Members of the public, me chatting to them. There's a variety of different options in terms of how you do it. One's a full life story. You can do a specific conversation as well with myself about a loved one. It might be a gift to a life partner. might be something for a wedding. might be something... For university friends, when you're graduating, to remember the times, to get it on record, your voices, whatever it may be, check out atticboxaudio.co.uk, A-T-T-I-C-B-O-X, audio, A-U-D-I-O.co.uk. And we also record a lot of those conversations, have a home studio in Cheltenham where we can do that. So if you can't, if we can't come to you, you can come to us. But check out atticboxaudio.co.uk. Let's get on to the, the man himself, Carlton Palmer, former footballer, manager, He's been a teacher in Shanghai. He's worked in Dubai as well as head of PE in schools. He's a compelling character, played for England, Sheffield Wednesday, Leeds United, other clubs as well. Tough tackling, energetic, skillful as well, midfielder, long-legged guy, just a, a great player in his day, great character, and really appreciate catching up with him again and talking about attitude and lots of things really covered, exercise, fitness, the balance between that and a little bit of fun, a little bit of hedonism in your life as we're, we're only here once. So it's a really compelling conversation. I really enjoyed it with the one and only Carlton Palmer. Here it is. I hope you enjoy it too. Carlton Palmer, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? As I said before we started recording, you look well. Is life good? Yeah, all good, thank you. All good. Yeah, I've been training well and uh, at least we've now got a bit of good weather, so it's great to be running outside and everything. So, yeah, all good. Yeah, you, are you one that enjoys the weather? Because I absolutely love it, but you already get people, don't you, in the UK will be saying, oh, I hope it breaks soon. <laughs> this is a bit too intense or whatever. Well, that's the reason why I've not lived in the UK, really. The mm. main reason. Um, I, 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 I love both Lucy and I love the weather and... Uh, you know, when the weather's like this, the UK is a fantastic place and where we live, is, it's lovely. But uh, uh, the weather is is very important to me and Lucy and, and we just don't get enough of it. And 
you know, I, I sympathise with the people back in the UK having been, I said to Lucy, it's the 6th of July we've been back mm. uh, a year. And, uh, you know, I've, I've found it hard to make the transition back here, to be honest with you. Have you, what been the, the most difficult things? Was it the weather or the, the culture? What, what have you found? Well, well, I think, I think it's the weather. I think it's, what, probably one month in a year we haven't had the eating on. Yeah. Uh, I think also as an expat, even though Lucia and I uh, come back every three months, uh, apart from lockdown where we couldn't get back for three years, um, I think as an expat, you have a different kind of life. You live a different kind of life. You actually live as if you're on holiday all the time, mm. even though you're working very hard. Whereas in the UK, when the weather's not good, nobody does anything, you know? Mm. Whereas, whereas in, in Shanghai or Dubai, the weather's guaranteed. You can have a barbecue when you say you're going to have a barbecue. <laughs> um, you know, and, and it's not, like, listen, the, the, the UK's got many great attributes. It really has, but... Uh, um, Right now, I've heard, I mean, even even simple things like said to Lou. I mean, I'm retired now, so mm. I, 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 you know, and I'm I'm a, I'm a people's people, so I like to go to the pub and have a drink. But you know, and I'm I'm not pleading poverty. I'm far from that. But you go, I I understand from the working class man. I go to the pub, have a couple of pints a night. Yeah, you know, that's a tenner. So that's seventy quid a week. That's three hundred quid a month, and that's before me and Lucy go out on a on a on a night out on a weekend. So I, I sympathise with people. I've got four kids and 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 and, and, I, and I think it's just, you know, I, I think it's very, very hard to live in the UK now. Um, mm. we, we've lived in probably two of the most supposedly expensive places in the world. We've lived in Dubai for five years and eight years in Shanghai. Uh, and let me tell you, the UK is by far the most expensive place. Really? By far. It, it, yeah, yeah. yeah, because, because listen, it might be £6 a pint in Shanghai, mm. but the salaries reflect that. Yeah, It might be £6 a pint in Dubai, but the salaries reflect that. It's five, it's, it's, it's five, well, if you go down to London, you're paying nearly £6 a pint. So it's yeah. the same in Shanghai as London. <clears> and maybe I don't know what the salaries are like in London and whether they, and whether they reflect that. Um, but certainly in Sheffield, where I live, which is always been working class and whatever to go out and be spending 10 pound on two pints a night you know even you know you go for fish and chips now yeah two of them. it's 25, a very 25 quid is it or something yeah yeah exactly so it's a very expensive place to live a very yeah. expensive place to live and, and so i don't think salaries have moved that much because interesting to you speak to your you know my dad and you got that perspective of 30 years ago and actually what was a good wage then is still probably a good wage now it's interesting isn't it yeah you say everything else is way more expensive yeah yeah no, it's, it's just, you know, I, 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 I'll give you, for example, we've got a holiday home in Portugal. We're off on Tuesday. I went there at the end of May uh, for a week golfing. So I played two rounds of golf, 90 euros around the golf, including a buggy. Mm. We were out every night. So at least a couple of, me and my pal, at least a couple of uh, a bottles of wine every night and for the for the week we spent 560 euros each wow that's amazing yeah that is amazing yeah well because if we go if we go out and go into Salema where our, where we live it's it's one pound 75 for a pint of superbox wow yeah oh it's an interesting we were in Fortaventura in February actually and we said a similar thing just a, an example we got a little girl and we had two coffees I think a, a warm milk and an ice cream. And it was something like three, three euros 50. And we we're trying to work it out that back here, it'd be about eight or nine pounds probably for a couple of coffees and a warm milk. So it's, it's a difference, big difference. Oh, it's a massive difference. It's a massive difference. And so, you know, I, I can see why people leave the country. I mean, you know, we're, we're just building a house and we will split our time between, because obviously we've got the grandkids here. We, we will we'll then try and get the best of both worlds. You know, mm. when the weather's bad here, we'll go over there. Um, you know, because we've got the solar panel in there, so our pool and 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 our bills are, are, are relatively very small. Uh, wow. And that's another thing in Shanghai: our bills were small, mm. electricity, gas, whatever. Our bills were very very small. So, you know, I've said to my kids, you know, don't be afraid to go and look abroad because you know there's some great opportunities to to go abroad. Uh, my wife is a teacher. She, she, well, she, she went as a teacher. She then became a head teacher, you know, and, and uh, uh, she, was, she was earning three times as much as what she was earning here, mm. um, tax-free abroad. And then she comes back, because obviously she, she's younger than me. She wants to carry on working. 
and 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 her salary goes down three times. Do you know what I mean? But she enjoys doing what she's doing. It is hard, and I, I sympathise with people. And then when you see all the rumblings that are going on with Boris, with the football, with everything, it's not just related to those specific in- instances. It's related to everybody finding it hard to live in the UK. It's full stop. They're, they're str- I, I, you know, when you're working hard and, and, and you're working, you're grafting and you can't, like my daughter said to me the other day, is, it, 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 you know, all of my kids have done well, but when, you, when you're working hard and then at the end of the month, you can't see any money left over, even yeah. to go have a drink or go out and, and, and pay for an holiday, it must be soul destroying. Yeah, no, I think it's a, bit, it's a big challenge. It's interesting. I lived as a kid in the Turks and Caicos Islands. My old man was an island doctor out there. And I don't remember that too much, but I remember coming back and them saying it was a sh- the country had changed since they'd been away three or four years. And then I lived in the States uh, a couple of years. At, I did my master's in journalism out there. My uncle's lived out there for 40 years. And, and people will say United States has got its own problems. But when he comes back, he can't believe how busy everything is. He says it's really ramped up. The roads are busier, everything since he was living here in the in the 80s when you're living abroad do you feel feel freer don't you in a way you mentioned the boris stuff because you don't really care about that i remember waking up after the u.s elections when i was living there not really caring who was president it didn't really affect me in a similar sort of way it was less less emotion did you feel that freedom when you were abroad yeah you do i mean it, it's ah, listen it's false because even with families you, because you're 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 not here you're not immediately in it are you so of course you feel that sense of freedom from him. It's not a, you know, it's not a escape from your uh, responsibilities. I mean, Lucy and I went abroad when when the kids were going to university. We returned at a time when we felt that they needed us, and our parents were getting a little bit older. You know, my my dad's not really that well now, so um, it's good yeah. to be around, and it's nice to be back around family and and around the kids to give them the support that that they need because. Without our support, both financially and being around, the kids, even though the kids have all done well, they, it's, it's impossible for them right mm. now. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I never felt that years gone by. When I started at West Brom and I wasn't earning a great deal of money, life was great. Mm. I said, you know, life was great. You, you could go out, you could have a drink, you could, you know, still have change and still do things. But right now it's really, really tough in the UK. And I, I sympathise with a lot of people. I really do. Well, I love the podcast conversation before, and a lot of my friends did, particularly the ones who, who support Wednesday, because you were talking about going out in Sheffield for a pint the night before games in the 90s. And this is when, for us, we were kids at the time, you were a huge England player, big hero. So for you to be doing that, is it, it, I guess it's a sign of the times changing. But when you look at it and you look at that cost of living stuff, do you fear there's going to be a bit of division between players now and the public? Because as you say, the public's going through these tough financial times and they're looking at players still going for millions of pounds and, and wrangling over how many hundreds of thousands of pounds that they're earning per week, which is obviously their right to do it in the marketplace, but perhaps they're moving farther, farther away from the, the common man and woman. Oh yeah, for sure. I've said that, um, you know, it's, it's become a major, major problem. It's not the players fault. Uh, the Premier League is the most marketable league in the world. So with that comes the, the money that's there, but um, when you when what what it does is creates a problem because when you've got the ordinary man in the street going to watch a football match, taking his two kids, spending probably the best part of his salary and doing that, and this team doesn't win, <laughs> then you're going to get the the reactions that you get. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult. I mean, like I said, I, I criticised Jack Grealish just now for being in in Vegas. You know, when you know years gone by. Listen, I'm. I, 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 I was one of the biggest drinkers out there, but mm. you know, in today's market, when you've when you've been bought for hundred million pounds, and and then you're seen in Vegas uh, when you haven't had a particularly good season, living it up, then you, you're obviously going to wind people up. I mean, recently you've just seen photos of him in Cyprus training, and 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 those are the pictures that you, you know you want to see up. And I, I, it's a difficulty for me because I, you know. I, I've, I've, I've done what Jack Grealish has done, but that was mm. back in the day and uh, you could get away with it, but you, but you can't now. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's scrutiny uh, from the press because you've got to understand that the press are jealous as well. The press are jealous of the, of, of the money that these players are earning. So they're going to follow him around and look to get every story to bring him down. Um, and, and also from the general public um, when they're struggling um, to, to you know, and 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 some of them it's a release to go and watch football on a weekend, but it's a large part of their salary to do this. Do so, there's that much more scrutiny. Um, I, I think I would have struggled in in this day and age, being who I am, to play the game because I probably 
um, would still be the same. Well, I would be the same way I am. Uh, mm. And I've come under a... Well, it, it depends because, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I was very lucky that I could drink and play. So not many people can do that. No, that's the, that's the key. You can still do it as well, can't you? You're up running in the morning and you have a few drinks in the evening. I love your social media because you kind of, you, you, you're both about loving life, but also you do you put the work in and, and do the fitness. Oh yeah, no matter what, no matter what, there's no excuse, no matter what. If I go out and have a drink, it, it, the thing is with me, if I've made my mind up, I've made a plan to do something, that I won't deviate from that plan. I'm too, you know, my missus finds that really, really hard, but I'm black and white. And so if I say tomorrow, I'm going to get up and run at eight o'clock, no matter what happens tonight, that I will still get up at eight o'clock and run tomorrow. That That's the mindset that I've got. Um, and, and and elite athletes, elite uh, sportsmen, that's, that's the mindset they've got. They're very rigid. Um, they're very difficult people to live with. They're very difficult people to be around because they are black and white people, and mm. and 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 that that's in all in 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 all walks of life. So they are difficult to people to be around. Consistent though, do you find do you find other people sometimes a bit flaky when you when you look by comparison? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the one thing you want with me, people won't be able to say I'm an hypocrite. I'm very consistent uh, in in what I do, in what I say. Um, mm. Obviously. You know, being in the media, you you have to, and the way that things have changed, it's not me having a go at Jack Grealish, right? Uh, as Jack Grealish per se, but it's just the way that times have changed. Mm, yeah, Do you know what I mean. And and and, and as as a player uh, who who's not who's gone for a hundred million, who hasn't really excelled yet, he's put himself under more pressure under World Cup year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and for, for Grealish, he's such a talent, isn't he? I think I guess the fan in all of us just wants to see him realise that, particularly for England. Yeah, but I'm, I've got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm doing talk sport tonight and I'm, mm. I'm going to have this argument about Jack Grealish. I really do. I think he's a talented player. But people forget that he's 26 years of age. Peak, isn't it? This should be peak prime. Uh, yeah. well, 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 if you compare him to the player that they're just about to get rid of, Ream Sterling, yeah. there's, not, there's, not, there's not even a close comparison. Mm. It's not even close. And I, you know, and I'm not saying that um, that he's got he's got a lot of work to do, Jack, to step up to be the player. You know, he's talented, but he's been a he's been a talisman in Aston Villa's side. You know, he's going to have to step up because they they've obviously bought him to replace Raheem Sterling. Mm. Um, it's clear that Raheem and, and Pep had a fallout. This was before the Euros, in because I know for a fact that he was going to go to Barcelona. I know I know Raheem, and he was going really? to deal. Oh yeah, two years ago the deal was the deal was almost done for him to go to Barcelona. Wow. So they had a fallout about uh, at the end of the season. Ream went to see him a couple of seasons ago about game time and whatever. And the thing is, with these top managers, some of them very rarely like you to. to they see it as you're crossing the boundaries to do that. Have you seen mm. since then? Raheem's had very little game time yeah. as it were, um, even having a fantastic Euros, right? Um, he was in England's best players yeah. in the Euro. There's not an argument about that. But if you look at Raheem's stats, and I, I, I've done them for tonight's show, in, in the last six seasons, he's averaged 22 goals per season. Whoa, that's a good, that's a great stat. 22 goals per, se per season. But for a wide, last, a wide player as well. For a wide player. Now for Grealish, right, he's, his best Premier League tally is eight goals. This season, Raheem's Hardly figured. Well, I, I think he's in, in total. He's made thirty appearances for for Man City this season. He scored, still scored thirteen when people say he's had a bad season. <laughs> Jack scored good. three. Yeah, he's got so, end product. Yeah. So, so, so the bottom line will be right is they've got off rid of Raheem, right? Okay, Ireland. We're yet to see. I think he should score a hatful in this league. He, he could mm. be in the thirties in this league, Ireland. Um, but he's Harland's going to have to make up. The, the, he's going to have to hit 20 goals and make up probably 12 goals that Raheem would get for City. So he's yeah. going to have to get 32 goals this season for Man City to balance out the loss of Raheem Sterling. So what I'm saying is it's media's perception because mm. media like, um, they like Jack Grealish, but they like what the media do is they look at what's pleasing to the eye. What's pleasing mm. to the eye is when Jack picks up the ball and runs with the ball. And don't get me wrong, I think he's a talented boy. He's an exciting boy. He's got to now get an end product to his game. 
He's, yeah. he's not a young kid. He's, he's 26 years of age. There's a year between, well, there's not even a year between him and Raheem. And the stats are completely, they're not even, they're not even close to being on a level par. And I yeah. think Man City, I don't think it will cost them the league title, but I think it's a major, major loss to them. And this is the this is the this is the the thing that I come back to about the media's perception. The media make an issue about Raheem Sterling missing chances, right? But what they forget is you've got to get in a position to miss those chances. Grealish doesn't get in the, those uh, positions to miss those chances, and therefore doesn't get the same criticism, but doesn't get as much goals. Do, do you think Guardiola struggles with Grealish in the sense that he's not traditionally like players hanging on to the ball, but maybe the argument is that's where Grealish does his best work and that he, he has to risk giving it away when he does the dribbles and maybe Guardiola doesn't like the, the risk of that? Well, again, it comes it comes down to... I, I, I'm going to, Listen, every player that's gone to Man City has taken a season to, to get used to the Pep Guardiola way. Yeah. Right? So I think next season's a massive season for... Uh, Grealish in in a lot of ways in a lot of ways he's got to understand the way that Man City play and this is when you're a football player when you go to a football club you look at the way that a club plays and you think well am I going to fit in that system mm. now if he's going to dribble with the ball all the time he, he, he's not he's not going to fit into their system and this is where Pep you know I think he's a magnificent coach his record speaks for himself but I think this is where he's going to make a a, a mistake with with um with, with Grealish, um, unless Foden steps in and, and, and does the business for him, mm. Foden plays. But if you, if you look at the, the stats with, with, um, with Sterling, there's nobody, uh, even in the Premier League, uh, uh, in, in terms of goals scored in big chances, Sterling's ahead of uh, Sadio Mane. Wow. That's, That's a fact. A, really? That's a fact. That's a fact. In, in terms of chances missed, because people forget that Harry Kane and... and, and, and uh, um, Vardy misses a lot, doesn't he, as well? They think Vardy, Vardy, Vardy yeah. misses a lot. But you see, the problem, the problem is with Vardy and, and Harry Kane, they, they both score a lot of goals from outside the box as well. Mm. So the, the, the interesting point is Sterling doesn't score a lot of goals from outside the box. So when you do the opposite stats of, 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 of big chances that have missed, uh, Raheem Sterling conversion rate is is very very high very mm. very high so in terms of the premier league there's only if i'm correct eight players who've scored 80 goals or more in the premier league and raheem sterling's one of those and and in terms of his conversion rate there's only jamie Vardy who has a higher conversion rate i mean that's a phenomenal stat for somebody who's a 27 yeah. so and, and, and when you're looking at the figures to to, to then go go forward to next season in terms of uh, Man City retaining the league title, it, it, it's it's you've got to find a player right who's going to step up into that team who's going to get you 16, 17 goals guaranteed next season apart mm. from Ireland. And Jesus and then, has gone as well, hasn't he? Yeah, Jesus has left. Jesus, but 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 his record's better than Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his record's better than Jesus. He is it that people sort of question is the clarity of his execution, Sterling? Sometimes his shooting, it just seems he scuffs shots a little bit. Is that and that's from the that's from the couch? It's very easy to say as a non-player, isn't it? Exactly. What I'm saying to you is people look at the misses because obviously that's visual. Mm. You, you know, you look at the misses, that's visual, but you you can only see those misses because he's getting into those positions. If Grealish doesn't get into those positions, you don't see him miss the goals. No, but he also <laughs> doesn't score the goals. No. He's, had, he's had 26 appearances this season. He's had, got three goals. Raheem's had 30 appearances and got 30 goals. 13 goals. Mm. 13. Well, it's a powerful argument. I look forward to I listen. I listen on the radio later because I'm working tonight on Sky Sports News. So when I'm driving back, I'll, I'll tune into you. What time are you on? Is it 10 o'clock? 10 to 1. No, it's, it's really because, I, I mean, somebody did, I, I, I just did the research on the basis that I, I think Raheem Sterling's a very important player to him. Even going back to the last game of the season, you mm. look... They were losing the game. Yeah. He has genuine place to get to the byline. He changed the game of football for them because he gives them a different dynamic. He got to the byline, got across it. See, with players like that, it's easy to go about the chances they've missed. It's yeah. easy to talk about that. But you, you forget the, the chances that they create and the goals that they do score. And the facts and the facts are, are quite irrefutable about Raheem Sterling's time at Man City. 
They are irrefutable. Now, whether it costs them the league title or not next season remains to be seen because obviously Liverpool have lost Sadio Mane, who's a mm. big effect for them. So it depends how Luis Diaz steps up and whatever. But that's a, trust me, that is a massive loss for um, Man City because they have nobody else in their ranks that compares to Raheem Sterling. Nobody else. And a, a big gain for a rival as well in Chelsea, isn't it? And I suppose for, for Raheem on the human level, you say you know it must be nice for him to go back to London, is it? I guess he hasn't lived there since he was a, a boy. Um, well, I think for Raheem, he wants to he wants to feel important. He wants to play, feel that he's, you know, in the last couple of seasons, he hasn't felt that he's important and, and trusted by um, Pep Guardiola, you know, and people will say in the last couple of seasons, he's only hit 10, he's only hit 13 goals. Well, still for a wide player, that is terrific goals. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of, of terms of his previous seasons, yes, 17, 18, 19, 20, he will argue that if he played more consistently, he would have hit those numbers. There is no reason for last season, if he'd have played uh, more games, that he wouldn't have hit more than 13 goals. That is for sure, do, right? Do we, do we struggle to analyse these players who play the wide of a three, particularly those of us who grew up with the 4-4-2 formation? Because you're kind of thinking... Am I comparing Mo Salah to an ex-winger? Am I comparing Mo Salah to a, a front man? How do, you, how do you compare and contrast? I was reading Peter Schmeichel's book and he was talking about the 93-94 season. I'd forgotten that Ryan Giggs has scored 17 goals as, a, I think, a 20-year-old in, in the Premier League as a proper out-and-out winger who had to, had to defend as well. Is it, it sometimes hard to discuss the past and the present, is it, in terms of those positions? Um, yeah, I think, I think it is. I think it is because... I, listen, I, I don't, I don't believe in in, in in saying too much about the different eras, right? Mm. Um, you know, but you, you look at the way teams playing. The you know, a lot of teams back in the day, say in the early nineties, played a four four two. The top teams now worldwide play a four three three. So um, you know, it's it's whether you um, decipher whether Salah is a front player playing wide or whether he's a wide player playing front. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's up to you. Without a doubt, Raheem Sterling is a wide player. He's not yeah. a centre forward. He's not a striker. So to hit the stats that he's hitting as a wide player consistently, it's it's phenomenal that these people who are supposed to be in the know don't come forward and give the proper um, uh, stats. You, mm. you, you know, you, you can watch a game and see him miss an opportunity, right? And say, oh, listen, he's Mr. Giltel's chance. But, but then you have to quantify that mm. over the course of the season. Everybody can give a narrative to an argument, yeah. but, but you've got to have uh, facts to prove that argument. You, is, that, is that missing in the media? Do you think a little bit of just research sometimes? Because opinions, they can sensationalise, can't they? And people get drawn in. Talk sport, brilliant at that, drawing people in. But do you think sometimes people don't sort of provide the evidence to the, the point enough? Exactly. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to have an opinion, an opinion's one thing. Facts is another, mm. and facts can't be lied. And, and Raheem Sterling, as I said, the, the facts, I, I've not done this. This is, this is some uh, statistician who has, who's, who's had access to uh, all the stats, all the up to stats and, and everything. Um, and it, it, it's, it's frightening the, the, the information that he's produced, which is based on fact. Mm. So Raheem Sterling is above average finisher, um, his, his big game chances that he's taken is above Sadio Mane. He's above any other Man City player in terms of, um, you know, and there's only three players, I think, in Pep, Pep Guardiola's tenure who, who've, who've it's, it, this, it, the goals tally. And that's, I think, let me get this right. Guero, is it? I, I think it's not. I, don't, I, I think it might be uh, Lionel Messi. Wow. Um Lionel Messi, right, sorry, Lionel Messi and Sergio Aguero, and they've only scored four more goals. So he's oh. averaged 22 goals for the past five seasons for Man City, and there's only Sergio Aguero and Lionel Messi, and they've only scored four more goals than him. That's powerful. That's a, and that's yeah. a fact. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that is, that's hard to argue with. So, so listen to this. This is, this is what he's, which has been proven. Raheem Sterling's stats since 2016-2017 season. Goals scored, 85, ranked sixth in the Premier League. Expected goals, 81.82. Uh, 
um, ranked fourth in the Premier League. Big chances, 132, ranked fifth in the Premier League. Touches in the opposition box, 1,560, second in the Premier League. Wow. Shots in the opposition box, 359, fifth in the Premier League. Brilliant. Since 2016, 2017. So the argument about... Um, so when you look at him going to Chelsea, all of a sudden, Chelsea got 22 goals to start with for next yeah. season. And they need it as well, don't they, Chelsea? That's part of their problem last season was getting goals. Yeah, they, they need it. 22 goals. They've just got to get somebody in to replace Roman Lukaku. Mm. Um uh, who, who score goals, but straight away they start the season on on a twenty two plus. What, how much do you enjoy that slot on Talksport then? Because it's a it's a it's a free time, isn't it? I think on broadcasting, it's kind of seems very relaxed and entertaining. You get some interesting, colourful callers calling up as well, don't you? Yeah, no, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Uh, listen, I, I mean, I, I like I've said before, I, I understand you know certain people go on on TV and try to be controversial. I don't. I I, mm. I don't try to be that. I don't understand that I will honestly give an honest opinion of what I believe if, if people find that to be contra controversial then, then that's down to them mate. you know um you know I, like we, we we do like tonight with Adam Catchall we'll do the boxing I've said openly and I stand on this I think AJ takes care of Usyk inside four or five rounds in the rematch really I really do I really do I really do I think I, I, and people say well how do you how do you make that assumption just what you think it just changes his game plan entirely goes goes straight after him. Well, listen, you, you, listen, Usyk is a tremendous operator. You, you you're not going to just go in there and be able to smash him up and and get him and get him out of there. That don't think he's not had sparring partners in there who who, who are trying to do exactly the same thing. But mm. when you look at Joshua's limited amateur experience, he's, he's faced a southpaw once in his life. To get somebody to replicate that inspiring would yeah. be very very difficult right so but now he has first hand knowledge of fighting music in the ring yeah. right if you watch the, the the fight back if you watch the fight back it was very even till the eighth round very mm -hmm. even you would say probably five fifth or six you would give those rounds to aj when he actually got to music and the body right yeah. so i believe AJ being the student of the game that he is, being proactive in changing his coaches, right? If he goes back to the AJ that beat Klitschko, yeah, Aggr aggressive, yeah. aggressive AJ, yeah, yeah, he takes he takes use of count. Mm. He might have to hit the canvas. Uh, I, that that wouldn't surprise me. But if he goes back to the AJ that's fearless and not worried about getting beat and not worried about proving to everybody that he's a boxer and just goes and does what he has to do. He can't throw single shots, mm. if he, if, and he can't go after the head early doors. He's got to work use his body. He's got to throw three or four conversations, and I think if he does that, he beats him. Now, when I said this simile about Tyson Fury, mm. who is, I believe, as it stands at the moment, the number one heavyweight in the world. That, yep. is, not, that is not disputed. No. But when you look at his opponents, they've been unpicked. Mm. Well, even, even Deontay Wilder, you think? Yeah. Well, 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 well uh, that's the only one I'm going to. Well, listen, you've got to give him credit for beating Klitschko because he beat Klitschko when Klitschko was the man to beat. So mm. he went to Dusseldorf and he beat Klitschko. But I would argue that if the rematch happened, there'd be a different result. Right? Really? With Klitschko? Oh, yeah. 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 That's why the rematch never happened. No. I, I, I really believe that if the rematch had happened, there'd have been a different result. Mm. That's why it never happened. The Klitschko that fought AJ was in better shape, in better shape, right? Because yeah. he knew everything was on the line, right? I think I think there was stuff away from the match, wasn't there? I don't think Klitschko's talked about it a lot, but I think he had sort of personal problems around the, the Tyson Fury fight the first time as well. Yeah, so I, I believe Klitschko would have beat him in the second time around, right? But then when you look at the other fights, Dillian White, well... Uh, AJ fought Dillian White early in his career, right? Mm. Dillian White would have been fresher, arguably, dispatched him in the same way that Tyson Fury did, mm. right? Yeah. So, yeah, same way. Uppercut, but then, yeah. he's, take, he's, then he, he's taken on all comers, AJ. He's taken on everybody he's had to take on as a mandatory. Other people, you know, let, let's get this right. Uh, AJ, uh, Tyson Fury was offered the Usyk fight. There is no question about this. Eddie Hearn has made this very, very clear that he was offered the Usyk fight before AJ 
he for for the for all the marbles and he yeah. turned it down and he turned it down right reason why is because Usyk is a very good fighter right mm. so we look at look look at his record then we come to Deontay Wilder you've got to remember that Tyson was out of the picture completely out of the picture mm. Deontay Wilder picked Tyson because Tyson was out the ring for how many years? Ten, ten stone overweight, wasn't he? When he, I think they yeah. made it. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, Deontay Wilder would have never have gone anywhere near Tyson Fury, right? Mm. He go. Don't get me wrong. The third fight was one of the best displays from a British boxer I've seen in many a year. He dismantled Deontay Wilder, but I still say, look at his record before that. It's padded out with the people he's fought. You know, Otto Wallen, people mm. like this. It's, a, it's not littered with the names that he's not fought a Josie Parker. He's not fought a, um, a Pulif. He's not fought a Pavekian. He's not fought any mm. of them. He's not fought a Carlos Takam. Yeah. And Joshua, Joshua has taken these on fight after fight after fight after, after being a novice as, a, 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 as an heavyweight, right, from the amateurs. And this is where I come back to people giving people credit for what they do. He mm. could, if, if I, honestly, if I was Joshua, when the Usyk fight came up, I would have let, I would have let Usyk go and fight somewhere else, fight Tyson Fury and fight Usyk when he's fighting him for all the marbles. I would never have fought him before that. But again, mm. Joshua took him on. Yeah. And, and only by the last four rounds did he lose the fight and he fought the wrong fight. So let's see when Joshua beats him this time, because I honestly believe he does, mm. that people give him the credit that he deserves for doing it, and he would be, for me, rightly, the number one heavyweight in the world. It's, it's amazing how easy people are to criticise, because I've covered boxing, but I've never boxed, and I always have that respect for whoever gets in between the ropes, but a lot of people will build someone up and then tear them down, won't they? A lot of people will criticise AJ's boxing skills who've never who've never fought. It's amazing. I, th- I don't know if that's good for people to sit there and, and sort of lambast someone. What do you think of that for people's character if they if they sit there and sort of complain about AJ's chin or whatever and you think, hang on a minute, if, if you got hit with that, you'd be uh, into next week? No, listen, listen, I, I'm all for people having opinions. Everybody's entitled mm. to their opinions. But like I said to you, opinion, opinions are not facts. Mm. So everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's why I said everybody can make a, a narrative to, 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 to suit their arguments, right? Yeah. But, but facts to facts. So at the end of the day, Tyson Fury sits at the top of the pile right now, and rightly so. He's beaten Deontay Wilder. So rightly so, he sits at the top of the file. We'll see, because there's no way he doesn't fight again. So mm. again, that's, that's, you know, that's the brilliance of Tyson Fury, really. Because he doesn't know what he's going to do from day to day. So it's very <laughs> difficult for anybody to work out what he's going to do in the ring. But the one thing for sure is he'll fight again, right? Yeah. So we'll see what happens when AJ beats Usyk. Would you, back, jo- would you back Joshua to beat Fury? Yes. Yeah, you would. In a, in a yes. stop it, stoppage win? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just, you just think, just think he'd get to him that Fury wouldn't be able to, to keep him off eventually. I think, I think, I think, I think it's all about styles and fights. Mm. It's all about styles and fights. Now, Tyson's a skillful fighter. He's a big guy, but AJ's a skillful fighter, and it's a big fight, and he's a big guy. If you look at this, before the Amir Khan and Kel Brook fight, I knew that Kel Brook would beat Amir Khan. I knew that. Kel's my friend. And mm. I told him that I could show you all the messages I said to him before. I said to him, don't get involved with him. Just do your stuff. Because at the end of the day, make no mistake about this, Ed, right? When mm. you've sparred, and you know when you've sparred, you know who's had the better of sparring. I knew Kel Brook had the better of Amir Khan in sparring all day long. Yeah. So all the stories that Amir Khan had, had schooled Kel and this, that, and the other, trust me, not true, right? Wow. Okay. He, he, he outboxed him sometimes, but trust me, when Kel put it on him, he mm. struggled. So I knew that once Kel, if Kel trained properly and went into a proper camp, which he did do, I knew Kel would destroy him. Mm. Tyson Fury went to his gym and sparred with AJ when he was a novice. Yeah, like tw- was 2010 or something, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, yeah, when he yeah. was a novice, when he was a novice, and AJ put it on Tyson Fury and rocked him. And that always stays in people's minds. 
That mm. always stays in people's minds. So I believe AJ believes he beats Fury, and I believe that Fury believes he beats AJ because he sees that he sees that vulnerability. But I, I think it's a 50-50 fight. I don't think it says everybody calls it that Tyson Fury goes in there and stops AJ. I don't believe that. I think it's a, I think it's a, a pure 50-50 fight. It's a fight I want to see. Mm. A fight I want to see, but it's only going to have the same meaning if AJ takes care of Usyk. Yeah, some brilliant matchups as well, isn't there? I think um, you say Joshua fighting Wilder would be would be brilliant as well. Usyk against Fury, Usyk against Wilder. There's still some great matches. I think Deontay Wilder's talked about coming back as as well. I guess hopefully a lot of these guys don't need it. I, I was interested because I find a lot of sports people and ex-sports people's social media inspiring. I find yours inspiring with the running and the socialising as well. Brilliant video of you out with a cigar and a bottle of red. I think it was the Portugal golf trip or something. I think you're on recently what is your what's your life philosophy Carl? because you had a, a near brush with with mortality didn't you i think sort of five six years ago people talk about the 80 20 philosophy you live 80 live healthy 80 percent of the time and then enjoy yourself 20 percent of the time is that something similar to you or how do you how do you look at life i live i live each day as it comes uh, ed whatever presents itself I've, I've got four children and i say to them whatever presents itself go and have a go mm. go and live your life put a smile on your face and enjoy it right so there's not opportunities that come into your to your life. Yeah, I mean, listen, people would say, Carlton, you're being a bit reckless. Um, you've had heart surgery um, six years ago. And um, so therefore, you should be careful. I said to Luce, what's the point of living five years longer and being miserable? There's mm. no point in that. Yeah. So I, I, I've always had this philosophy, whatever I'm doing today, I, I give it 100%, whatever I'm doing. There is no, there is no limitations to, to, to there, there, there is no, it's all or nothing for me. If I go running, when I finish here, I'm going running. When I go, it's everything. If, I, if I'm not going to do it with everything, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And then I enjoy life. When we go to Portugal on Tuesday, I'll be on the cigars, I'll be on the red wine and I enjoy my life. And that's, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I like I've said to Luce that the thing is what people worry about is what other people think. Hmm. I'm blessed that I really don't give two hoots what other people think. <laughs> I'm really that's I'm brilliant. Really, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Really, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really not bothered because why would I be bothered about somebody who really doesn't know who I am? So why would why would I be bothered about what you say or what you think of me? You've never lived my life. You never lived in my life, you don't live the way I live my life. So how can you um, have a criticism about me? So I'm, I'm, I'm quite fortunate that none of them, none of that bothers me and never has done. I've just, I've just gone my own way. I've, I've done my own things. I stay in my own lane. You know, we, we I mean, I'll give you a, for instance, Lucy and I have just downsized and we've moved to a lovely area. Uh, we had a big house and we, deci we decided, having lived in China, for eight years in an apartment, a beautiful apartment. We've said, well, what do we need this big house for? Kids mm. have left home or whatever, and we downsized. And I was out painting the fence the other day and, and um, a guy walked past and said, what are you doing living here? <laughs> and, I, and I looked at him and I thought, but why, why would you say that? Yeah. Yeah, because perception well, of footballers now, though, isn't it? Like we talked about, maybe there's a, a difference, but yeah. Yeah, but it's, but it's, always, it's always a perception of, you know, you have to live up to the Joneses or you have to yeah. do whatever, you know. Um, Tim people, Cale, people put themselves in trouble for that, don't they, as well? Regular people, you know, you're driving Range Rovers and on higher purchase and all this stuff. Exactly, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but, to, to, but, but this is the problem with social media. Everybody's mm. portraying a lifestyle that they haven't got. Mm. Well, well, let me, let me, let me refer, refer to that. Not everybody, but a lot of people put out there a lifestyle that they haven't got, right? Mm. They do. And, yeah. it, and it's a fact. And so what it's doing is for these young, young kids, it's giving them a false perception of life. Yeah, it's nice to have the Rolexes or the Range Rovers or, or, or the Ferraris or the Lamborghinis, right? If you can afford them. Mm. What's, the point, what's the point of having a Lamborghini, yet you can't pay your bills? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, but, but this is the perception that social media gives out about people. I try to give people a realistic um, uh, uh, realistic side of, of who I am. You know, I, I've, I've chose to retire at, at, at 56, but I'm still busy doing one or two things. But for the last 13 years, I, I've, 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 like I've done when I woke up at 5.30 in the morning in Shanghai to go to work and I'm not going home until seven o'clock. I've tweeted that. 
That, that was my life up at yeah. 5.30, getting back at seven o'clock in the evening, six days a week. That was my life in Shanghai. It was hard work. But I understood that I didn't earn the money, and I have to say this inverted commas, the money that these players are earning today. So mm. what I chose to do from the time I finished playing is to stay in my lane and say, right, I need to work to earn this money to maintain my lifestyle and to live able my family to have the lifestyle that I want them to have. So I got my head down till I was 55, 56. Now I can go and say, right, within reason, I can mm. do whatever I want to do in the world. I could go and buy a new Range Rover tomorrow. I don't because I don't need to. I don't feel the need to. Do you know mm. what I mean? Just like with us downsizing the house. But then people make that perception that, oh, well, he must be skimp because he's downside. It doesn't really matter to me. It's just the way that people think. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the perception. So my advice to young people is to work hard, go live your dream, anything's possible. Don't be frightened of failure because failure is part of the process. Mm. Failure is part of the process. I, I, I always look at top sportsmen. They're always my yardstick because of sports I've played in. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite sportsmen is, is, is Michael Johnson. Yeah, what a runner. My, 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 my favorite sportsman. And what he always used to say is everybody only reminds people of the shot that I've taken to win a, a basketball match. But they don't remind, they don't show the many thousands of shots I've taken oh. in the same moment and missed. Yeah, did you watch the, the last dance, Michael Jordan? That was exactly. amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but he said they don't show the many thousands of shots that he's had to win a basketball match that he's missed, yeah. but he's still been brave enough to get up and take that shot. Yeah. So this is what this is what I say to, to people. Don't be frightened of people's opinions. Don't be frightened to fail. You know, go out there, be brave. And when you fail, reassess. This is why I, look, I, I, I admire Anthony Joshua. He's failed against Ruiz, went to the drawing table, put it, put it right. He's failed against um, uh, Yusik. He's, he's rejigged, he's, he's been brave in removing Rob McCracken, who's, a, who's, who's without doubt a top. Yeah, uh, up there in Sheffield, uh, Sheffield with you, yeah, McCracken. Yeah, yeah. Without, without doubt a world-class boxing coach, but he's been brave enough to, to make the, the necessary adjustments that he feels that will help him win the rematch. Let's see if he does it. And if he does it, then again, that's, that, that's a testimony to being brave enough in your own mind to make changes that are hard to, to be successful. And that's what it's about, important about. And you've got to be ruthless. You've got to be cutthroat. And it's, it, it's, it's not about being nice, mm. you know, and, and it isn't about being nice. When I played football, I was, when, when I got into the dressing room and when I crossed the white line, I was horrible. <laughs> I was horrible because it's about winning. It's yeah. not about being nice. It's not about being nice. When you sit in the opposing dressing room at Wembley, and you've lost the cup final, and you can hear the champagne popping next door and whatever, then that's your motivation for the next time not to be in that same situation. So it's always about, like I said to my missus all the time, I keep saying to her, it's not with the kids, it's not about being friends with them or being nice to them. It's about, you know, I, I'm, you know, when I was in Shanghai, my son rang me up. I remember to this day, he rang me up and he said to me, <clears throat> he was at this running club. Mm. And he, and he loves the running like me. And he was at the running club and he rang me up and he said to me, Dad, they've said to me, yeah, I'm, uh, I, if I'm, if I'm in, in the bottom half next week, um, I, I'm, I'm not allowed back at the running club. Oh. Yeah, so, so I said to him, I said, well, what have you rang me for then? <laughs> That's simple. I said, what have you rang me for? Yeah. He said, he said what do you mean? I said, well, hang on a minute. What have they said to you? Well, if I'm in, if you're in the bottom half, you won't be there next week. Yeah. I said, call me, call me next week. When he <laughs> called me next week, I said, where were you? He said, I finished in the top half. I said, let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> I said, so, so the simple fact is you're in the top half this week. I said, explain to me what that says. He said that I wasn't giving it my maximum. I said, exactly. So everything you do, give your maximum. And then when you sit down at the end of it, there's no, there's, yeah. there's no discriminations. There's nothing you could say, well, I could have done more at the time and I didn't. And that's it. And that's cruel to be kind. Yeah. 
it's, it's amazing you mentioned Joshua and Jordan as well and I think what they're associated with in in modern culture is that is the rich and the affluence and we see them with the, the the baubles but what we forget and what you're talking about is actually they're focused on performance and executing and what a lot of us get lost in is is actually looking as you say the Range Rovers and the the houses and not actually looking at at what they do to get there and focusing on your performance whatever job you do or whatever line of work you're in you can you can always get better can't you, you can always execute better and 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 I, I think the harder you you work you get a break you catch a break mm. you catch a break you know I I, I don't I don't subscribe to everybody gets the opportunities. I don't. I think mm. it's difficult. Um, but I do subscribe to if you keep doing what you're doing and you keep plugging away, you catch a break. And I, I, I do believe that. I, really, I, I honestly do believe that. And, you know, I, I think the most important thing is never giving up um, and never giving up. And, and I think this mental side of it comes in because of social media and it has a, a mental effect on others. But you've got to stay strong. You've got to, you know, I, I, I understand there's a, there's, there's, there are mental issues, but you've also, you've got to be careful that it, 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 it's not deemed as, it's easy to turn around and say, oh, well, it's not worked out and it's down to, you know, mental mm. factors. Now, listen, sometimes you've got to just put your hand up. Sometimes yeah. you've, got, you, you've got to put yourself in, in, you know, people say to me, oh, Colton, you know, everybody goes to me and Lucy, oh, you're very lucky. So hang on a minute. We, <laughs> we've left the UK yeah. to go to Shanghai for eight years. We've left our family, put ourselves in an uncomfort zone, you know, to, to do the things we needed to do to be in the position we're in. That is not luck. Mm. Discomfort. Discomfort's key, isn't it, sometimes? A little bit of discomfort. You almost need that. Yeah. yeah no, you know, when we were out there, I think three years into it, Lucy was crying and she wanted to come home. And as I and as I always do, somebody did this to me um, a long time ago. Um, actually, when I got divorced, um, I went to see a psychologist as I was in a bad place, and she gave me the best piece of advice that anybody has ever given me. So she she wrote down she she got a blank piece of paper. Mm-hmm. She gave me a blank piece of paper and a pen, and she put write down all the things why she you should stay with your wife. And write down all the things you why you shouldn't stay with your wife, why you shouldn't stay. And she said, be honest. And if you're honest, your answers will be clear for you. And I went and wrote down all the things, my kids, this, that, mm. and that. She said, there's your answer in black and white. There's no reason for you two to be together. So I always use that as, 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 as with my kids, with anybody, I say to them, Get a blank piece of paper and be honest about what your decision is for and against. And your mm. answer will share you. It will be clear. Share yeah. you, straight in your face whether what you should be doing. And that's and that and that's how I try and, and live my life. And when you get to the age that I am now, which is like I said to my mum the other day, it's nice to be at peace now. I don't feel that I have to chase anything. All the time I've had to be fighting, fighting yeah. to get into the team, fighting to get recognition, fighting to get into the England side, fighting to do this, mm. fighting to do that, fighting to do that. Now I'm at a, a place where I'm peace because I've achieved everything that I wanted to achieve and more, and I'm at peace with me now. So that And, and that's a good place to be. And Peter Schmeichel said he looks back at the young man he was, the hectic guy who yelled at everyone and was intense in the changing room and says, I don't, I'm not sure I'd like to be around that guy, but I'm not sure I'd be where I am today had I not been that guy. Is that a similar thought for you, that you needed that drive and that intensity when you were younger? Yeah, but if Peter Schmeichel's honest, I, I guarantee you he's still got it. Yeah, yeah. And I've still got it. I still like, right from now to time to time, I blow off at loose when I shouldn't do. And it's not a case of, you know, it's the right thing to do, but that's what's in you as a person. It's mm. not right, but that's what's your driving force. And no matter what he says, Peter Schmeichel, I guarantee you he'll still kick off the way they used to, because that is that is how, how you, 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 you kind of curb it a little bit to what it is, because you're not actually in that sporting world no more. But still, that's 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 just your makeup. Yeah. And that's, that's how it is. That's what you, and you should never shy away from who you are. You should not never shy away from the person who you are, because that is why you are the person you are. Mm. You know, I've said to Luke, we've been together 20 years. You knew what I was about when you <laughs> married me. That, that, that is it. 
Yeah. It, it's, it's, you take the rough with the, you take the rough with the smooth, and you like to think that you give more good than you give bad. Uh, and I like to think that that that's what I do. I like to think that I, I would help anybody that I could. Um, and I, I try not to be an hypocrite. So, and, and, and that's the best way to live in life because a lot of people um, do things for the sake of doing things. I, I, I don't do things for the sake of doing things. Yeah, I, I think and I often holding yourself to account, like you say, and being consistent with who you are is, is key rather than worrying about other people's opinions. And you're blowing the wind and you see that in politics, people completely changing their philosophies according to what they think is popular in the, in the country at the moment. What do I ask you quickly? You've, you've, I've kept you for a long time and I really appreciate it. About Wednesday, in the same league as my local club, Cheltenham Town in League One. Yeah. And obviously beaten in the in the playoffs by Sunderland. Did you get down much last season? Watch a bit? I got yeah, I got down a few times. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big Sheffield Wednesday fan. Obviously, I played for them for nine years. Uh, disappointing uh, uh, end to the season for them. Um, but Darren's made and the chairman, they've done a fantastic job in the summer. Uh, they've made some fantastic signings. I think they've They've made the adjustment that they need to make uh, in the understanding that they just need to get out of the league. There's no mm -hmm. point planning for the future um, because, you know, planning for the future doesn't get you out of the league. So that means you've got to take players in to get you out of that league. The two boys they've taken for Rotherham, both of them have got promotion last season. Uh, the boy Smith scored 19 goals. He knows what it's about. The centre-back was, uh, was voted in the season mm -hmm. of the... Uh, the, the team of the year that, and, and they've signed the play good players who know how to get out of that league so I think they're about two or three players short of, 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 of capable of winning that league next year and, and big Darren Moore the manager do you feel empathy for him a lot of focus on him being a, a black manager in, in the English game do you think is that is that a weight around his shoulders or is it something that he just disregards I, I've got to be Listen, I want Darren to be successful. I don't want him to be successful because he's a black man. I want him to be mm, successful yeah. because I like Darren more and I like him as a bloke and I'd like him to be successful. Mm. I, don't, I don't go down that route. No. Because he's, he's, if he's successful, I would not say Darren Moore's a successful black manager. If he's successful, I would say Darren Moore's successful. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, does, he, does he help other black managers? Yes, it does. But I'm not of a view of going down that route of... Um, you know, okay, well, I want him to be successful just because he's, yeah. no, I want him to be successful because I want, I like him as a bloke and I want him to do well and I want him to do well for my own club. Like I've said this season, I've been open and honest. I think he had one of the best squads last season. I don't think he had got his squad to get together early enough last season. That wasn't Darren Moore's fault. Um, but I do feel, you know, that um, he, they should have got promoted last season. So mm. regardless of whether Darren Moore is black or white, or whatever, he has to get promotion this season. I hope he does it, because I think he's a nice bloke. And if he does it, and it's a benefit to the black community, then that's all yeah. well and good. Yeah young, yeah, young black players believing it's possible, I guess, is a big part of that process. Just knowing they can go into that after playing, maybe just seeing it, seeing it there. Yeah, but, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we have to be very, very careful about this, right? Um you know, um, I, I, I know that opportunities for black players to get into management and get into coaches are uh, coaching are limited. Mm. But this, this also was the case when I started playing football. There was very few black players, very mm -hmm. few. And that soon changed. Yeah. That soon changed. Um, and I believe it will change with, with, with uh, black managers and black coaches being successful. Knowing that the majority, knowing when more black managers uh, go into um, into coaching, getting their coaching badges and going into management. Um, we know, we know it's, we know it's going to be tough for being black. Listen, that, that's, that, that is already always been done. It's always, that's the parameters that have been set. We know that in every walk of life as a black person, we know it's going to be tough. So we know that for the start, like I said to my kids, I don't want that as an excuse. That, we know that's the starting point, so we know where it is. So if that means we've got to be better and miles better, then then let's be miles better. Yeah, and then and and, and then there's no excuse. That, that could be the that could be the danger when we fight for equality and fairness that we give excuses or there's a defeatism, isn't there? In a way that you say to a young black man, you've got no chance of succeeding. Then that's you know that's not the right message either. No, it's not. We can't. Well, you should never say that to anybody, whether it's a, no. whether it's a young black man or a white man or a young woman or whatever. Yeah. You, you should never use that kind of phrase that you can you can never succeed because everybody can succeed. 
Mm. Um, and and I, I understand we're talking about uh, equal opportunities for all. Um, you know, whether we will actually see that, I don't know. But what I do believe this, and which which is what I, I, I have focused on, is that, like I've said to my kids, my kids haven't come from an underprivileged background. My kids have come from a very affluent background. They've been to private school. They've been to mm. university. So what I've said to them is you now have to transcend that onto your kids by you being successful. So education is the key. It's, it's prime. So what happens then is if what, what happens then, it, it transcends. So the more people, black people that are educated, the more black people that get into roles of influence, then, sh then surely more black people will get hired in the positions they need to be. But so, so it, it, it's got to start from there. It can't start from there to being there, right? Mm -hmm. my, my, my wife became a head teacher of lower prep in, in, in Wellington, Shanghai. How did that happen? Because the, the owner of the school was Joy Chow, a woman. The head of the school, the senior school, was a woman, Eleanor Prescott. The head of the middle school was another wo uh, woman. So what happens then is because you've got women in high mm. places, it transcends that Lucy's going to get a job when she applies because they're looking at women. So yeah. that's when, you know, black men and women have to get into positions. So when the board are, say, a, a board of directors at a football club are looking to appoint a manager and you've got representation for, for black people or yeah. ethnic minority, there, there's going to be a fairer outcome as to who's going to be selected because this thing about... Um, this 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 fair play thing. It's not. It's it, listen. At the end of the day, Ed, you know as well as I do. Most football managers who are given a job now, they're all there uh, before the manager's sacked. They've already lined up a replacement. You mm. know that within mm. within days, the new manager's in place. Um, so it's already been sorted out. So this fair process that the leads coming out and saying that has to be done is never done. So we no. know that. So I, I I actually I I I'm actually sick and tired of talking about racism mm. and whatever because like I said there's 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 nothing ever done all that's happened talk recently we just had the same thing didn't we where England played in Hungary yeah in Hungary, Hungary is supposed to be banned oh well they say it's a, it's a loophole that they used with the kids let, to get let kids come in but, yeah, but, yeah. But, 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 but why use the loophole why allow them to use a loophole there's yeah. always an excuse there's always an excuse so listen take it away like I've said to my kids take the take the excuses away and whatever you make a difference I, I think I've made a difference in my life I've, I've tried to make a difference with my kids' life, you know, put them through private school, good education. They've all got good jobs. Make a difference. They do the same with their kids, and that's how it's going to change. That's how it's going to change. And we can't have, as a black community, you know, Denzel Washington. Again, I, I listen to all these people, and, and, and Denzel Washington was at a, 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 a graduation at schools um, giving a speech the other day. Yeah. And he said, when you have a child, Black or white, your responsibility is your child. If that child ends up in prison, that's not the 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 the, the school sports or the college sports or society sports. That's your fault as a parent. Wow, powerful, it's yeah, parenting. yeah. It's about parenting. Yeah, you got a job to do. Responsibility, yeah, individual responsibility. That's that's your responsibility to start off. So we have to take care of our responsibilities first in terms of that, because still in America now, there's more black guys in prison than there are in universities, right? Yeah. So we need to take care of those responsibilities first and then work at the other things to put ourselves in that position where there has to be equality. Because, you know, because if you go, if I go in front of somebody and I'm the best person for the job and they don't give me the job, that's fine, that's their, that's their call, that's their right. I'll go again. Mm. But I've got to be in that position to do that. Yeah, yeah, good for you. I mean, I think it's a powerful message. I think... We all need to hear that whatever background we're, we're from, that, you, that work and focus and targets and actually not being defeated. You fight for fairness, but you also have to, to fight for your own responsibility and your own achievements in life. I think it's, it's a powerful message and I love it. I really appreciate your time on the podcast as ever, Carl. And I, I think you know, people may say you're, you're living it large and being risky, but I look at your running times and you're, you're doing fantastic at, at 56 with that, with that brilliant, the fitness is inspiring and the, the lifestyle, the attitude's inspiring. I really appreciate your time, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ed. You take care.
There we have it. Carlton Palmer, what a man. <laughs> Love that conversation. Love his attitude, his positivity. He had that dramatic, I think, heart operation in 2016, but back fit, doing the running, but still enjoying a glass of red, the odd cigar, because we are here only once. That's the equation, isn't it? That's the difficulty, I think, when you try and work out. We want to be well. We want to feel good in body and mind. So we want to live well. We want to move. We want to eat well. But also, you know, whatever you do, and the longevity experts out there will say, oh, we could expand human life for 500 years, whatever it may be. They're not quite there yet, are they? But regardless, it does seem that everyone who's ever lived has passed away. So it's about enjoying it while you're here. And I love his, his attitude about working harder, getting a target, and possibly looking at going abroad. It's interesting that one, isn't it, with the cost of living crisis in the UK? Should we encourage our young people just to see what's available in the rest of the world, potentially? Because salaries aren't rising and expenses are rising makes life quite challenging for everyone anyway thank you for listening to that i hope you enjoyed it please rate it on itunes or whatever platform you're listening to it on if you do if you enjoy it or some positive criticism constructive criticism always appreciated Uh, thank you to you for listening thank you to the sponsors bagnolson of cheltenham and serene av who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations get in touch with jason briggs and his team bno underscore cheltenham if you're looking to optimize your immunity at cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk or just have been advised to get a specific supplement to do with your health then go there and if you'd like to check them out the discount code at checkout is draper10r it's 30 percent off up front 10 percent thereafter d-r-a-p-e-r all capital letters the numerals one zero and the capital letter r and i don't know just check out atticboxaudio.co.uk if you have a moment on your laptop or your phone atticboxaudio a-t-t-i-c-b-o-x audio.co.uk the idea of documenting life stories. I wanted and wished during lockdown I could hear my granddad's wisdom fought in the Second World War, had lots of brilliant stories, but they go a bit misty, don't they, through the sands of time. So it's this idea to to preserve people, voices, memories, and connect families down generations. So check out atipoxaudio.co.uk and see what you think. I hope you have a fantastic week if you're in the UK. I hope you enjoy the weather and stay hydrated. Thank you and goodbye for now.